Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. What's up, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all shapes, ages, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us, staying tuned, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast as we have some awesome guests. We have Jackson Hall of Fame Recording Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, country music sensation Daryl Worley. We also have co-host Brandon Skelton helping me out. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Hope you enjoy this episode. Away we go. The heir to the throne of the Fame Recording Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Jackson Hall is on the podcast. Recently went down there for a tour, and he gave it. He was also kind enough to let me bring my bass guitar in, set it right in the middle of Studio A, hoping it would capture some of the mojo of the uh, beloved music that was created inside. Talk to him about that a whole lot of other stuff right now on the Uncharted Podcast. to the throne there at Fame Recording <laughs> Studios, my, my favorite place on earth, Mr. Jackson Hall. Thanks for the time, dude. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted to tell you in front of all 10 of my listeners, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for letting me bring my bass in there, man. That meant so much to me. Just to, I feel like it's got an aura about it now. It's a, It stands up a little straighter than it used to. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully some of that that magic is in the room rubbed off on it right oh my gosh absolutely and uh before i knew you were the uh grandson of the great rick hall and i was talking to you that that's why i come down about once a month because when you hit that studio there's an energy in there like i've never felt anywhere on earth it, it, especially when there's music played in there it's like unbelievable yeah thank you i, I have to agree of course i'm a little biased but you know that's just part of it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't have a dog in the fight as far as relativity. I just I just love it. Um, my goal is eventually, probably about summertime, to move there. I've been looking at spots in, like, Sheffield and Florence and all that good stuff. So that's going to be my new home here as soon as I can uh, get, you know, get situated. Oh, well, that's awesome. You know, speaking from experience, it's a great place to live. And everybody's really friendly for the most part, so it's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, that's right. Everywhere I've been, you know, out there venturing around, I've never met anybody that just, uh, you know, gives me any short change. Everybody just seems happy, and it's like it's in that magic water out there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Puts everybody yeah. in a good mood. <laughs> well, let's get started. First of all, you did a fantastic tour, you know, considering, like I said, there's somebody in there recording, but uh, how, how long have you been doing that portion of it? If you, if you, it seems like you've been at it a while. Um, I've just been giving the tours for probably about six months now. Before that, I was just selling the merchandise, working up front, you know, just doing grunt work as, as you're supposed to as you're starting off and trying to climb the ladder. But in the past six months, I started giving the tours more often. So I'm really enjoying it, and it seems like everybody enjoys me doing it as well. Hopefully it'll be able to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I know, I know with the tour, the uh, actual giving of the information has got to be repetitive, but it's probably exciting to see different people, you know, at certain amounts of time, all feeling the same way and enjoying the same experience about coming into that place that your grandfather built from the ground up. Oh, definitely. It, it definitely humbles me every day to come in and see all these different people that that's life have been affected through all the work my grandfather did. And, you know, me yeah. and him were very close. So 
for me, he was just my people. So I didn't think anything about it until more recently when I started really giving the tour and saw how many people it's affected. And it's, it's truly amazing even to me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I got to interview him once right after he wrote his book. Um, and uh, I kind of did a little fanboy. You know, I was kind of a little nervous and everything. But <laughs> well, aside from the uh, the uh, the man, the uh, legend, how how was he as a human being, as a grandfather? Like, I mean, I've seen the documentary and everything, and he seems like just a self-motivated, awesome human. But what was he like just as a, simply as just, you know, you people, as you said? Oh, he was the great. He was the best grandfather anybody could ask for for me anyway he was he was so supportive in everything I did like I I played high school tennis and was very competitive with it ended up winning state one year and he always he always told me that I could but I didn't really believe him until I did you know but yeah. um he he taught me so much and he was just he was always joking around and making making jokes trying to make everybody around him happy and then when it was time for business though he wanted to push everybody to be the best they could possibly be and that includes his children and grandchildren so, yeah. I mean, he was the sweetest guy possible, but he also was that, that guy that wanted to push you to be the best you could be. Yeah, and then that's that's the greatest kind of people to have in your corner, somebody that will love you and love you enough to be real with you and, and show you what it takes to excel. That's exactly right. It's one of the things I aspire to be for sure. Yeah, well, you, I can already tell in your presence and how you handle things that you're, you're going to be a good leader because, uh, you know, you don't swagger. you got a confidence about you. It's, it's got to be that DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Maybe so. I'm not sure. Yeah, what, I hope so, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned tennis, and you had a little tournament the other day. You're Now, you're the coach. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I played up at uh, Muscle Shoals for four years, and we went to state all four years. And then, you know, last year they had kind of a break with COVID and everything. They got their season cut short, but – this year, our coach asked me to come back and help assistant coach. So I've, nice. I've been lucky enough to get to go do that. And some of the guys I play with are still there playing. So it's it's really fun for me and them, I think. And, you know, some of the younger guys, I've, I've been in their shoes, so I'm trying to pass what knowledge I have on to them anyway. Yeah, I, I, I respect and admire tennis, but I've always been a heavyweight. I do not have the press <laughs> for it. But I do, I do enjoy. I watch. I like to watch it live. I, I've watched it a few times on TV, but live, it's just really awesome to see him get down and get after it. Oh yeah, it's, I've been to a few uh, live pro matches, and it's pretty, pretty incredible to see some of the shots they can pull off. I like watching documentaries. I, I think it's McEnroe, the one that throws his uh, yeah racket and screams at everybody and whatever. Yeah, that I saw that documentary. I think I think I saw the one you're talking about. Anyway, that was a. That was a good documentary. It's about him and one of his his rivals or something. Yeah, like that. that's right. Uh, Borg or uh, yeah, Borgu. That's right. Like that. That's right. Right on. So let's. Uh, what was my next question? Well, yeah. Okay. Let's bounce a little bit. Do you have any siblings, or are you like the only child of uh, Rodney? Uh, I'm the only child, so you know I've got cousins, but I don't have any siblings. Nice. So basically, are your plans for the future to take over the studio? Like when when your dad and your grandmother decide to hand it over, is that is that your end game? Uh, I would love to. That's kind of why part of the reason I'm, you know, going to the studio and trying to learn everything I can learn. And um, I'm actually not pursuing a degree in the music industry. I'm pursuing a degree in accounting, but that's because I want to learn every facet of the business I can possibly know, including yeah. the business side of it. So I'm kind of at Fang doing an uh, internship, apprenticeship, if you will, and then going to college to kind of learn more business and business strategies to help me um, – and fame pursue more success in the future hopefully 
Yeah, that's awesome because it, it's it's good to tackle downstairs, but there's a lot of things going on upstairs too. I'm sure you got to learn. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, mon- money. Well, you can never go wrong learning how to how, how to handle your money. So, exactly uh, my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing so that's cool. So you're where are you at North? Uh, are you at North Alabama? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm over at North Alabama, just across the river from Fame, over in Florence. Right on. That's cool. Yeah, that's a that's a cool spot. I like it. Uh, I, I saw it actually. I went. I was up there not too long ago looking at a house, and it was within a couple of miles of it. So it's a pretty, pretty nice campus. Kind of reminds me of a little MTSU here close to where I live, if you've ever been there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been through there a couple times. They're, they're both really pretty campuses, that's for sure. Yeah, not too shabby. Um, So uh, now I remember while you were talking while we were in there, you were talking about observing some sessions like, like Greg Allman's final session. But uh, you get to do that a lot, see people like that perform and everything? Um, when they come in, I get to, sometimes I'll get to see that, and sometimes I have to work the front, you know. Um, we've got other interns that work at Fame, and just because I'm the grandson, I don't like to take all the opportunities away from them. But, well, that's um, pretty nice, though. When, well, I appreciate it, but when, when I get the chance, I like to come in and sit in sessions. So I've got, I got to sit in on Greg Allman's session, and got to sit in on a Steven Tyler session. So those were two really, really cool experiences for me. No doubt. Now, uh, I remember you said, I don't remember, do you, do you play instruments or, or no? I play a little bit of guitar. I can play uh-huh. a couple songs, and then after that, if I get any requests, I'm like, oh, that's my time for the night, you know? But yeah, yeah. Um, I know enough to kind of be able to tell somebody what I'm, or try to tell somebody what I'm wanting from right anyway. And I'm I also learning more about that currently. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I've never been able to tackle. Like, I can play drums, and I'm starting on bass. Like, I can go in there and play something. But I don't have the gift to, to, like, talk to somebody in there and go, okay, with this one I want you to do, you know, four count and, and use more of your symbols or, or hit this note or do that. I mean, that's a whole nother, uh you know, monster right there. Yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. And like I said, I'm not sure if I have it either, but I'm trying to learn <laughs> it. <laughs> you have to grow that mustache like your granddad. Yeah, exactly. Once I get the mustache where I can twist it outwards. Maybe that's, yeah, yeah, maybe exactly. that's the you handlebars going. That's where the magic. So, do you get to see any of the swampers still? I've I've gotten a pretty good relationship with a couple of them as far as interviews and chatting and stuff. But do you get to spend any time with them? Um, I get to spend a little bit of time with David Hood when he comes in the studio, and you know, sometimes him and his wife Judy will go to dinner with me and Dad, or me and Mimar and Dad, and it's you know we all get to hang out and spend time together. So a little bit. I got you right on. Not too bad. Well, let me ask you from a fan's point of view. If I come up there after my surgery, what what would it take me to get to go upstairs? I've always wanted to see what's up there. I've been downstairs a dozen times. <laughs> well, uh, I think all it would take you is you to tell them who you are and see either me or dad or even me, Ma, and say, hey, I've I've been here a bajillion times. Would would you please let me see upstairs? And yeah. We'd be hey. more than happy to show it to you. Thank you. But excuse me, everybody. I'm a nobody, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've seen you plenty of times now, so they'll yeah, probably recognize all, you. I've got all the merchandise, but that brown long sleeve shirt, and I and I I walked out without it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna fetch for it through the mail here pretty soon. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan to me. Now I saw something else out of the corner of my eye, and I couldn't believe I forgot it because I got overwhelmed. But do you guys have like a 60 year sticker now too, or a patch or something? Yeah, we have uh we have some coot, we've got some uh coasters, and then we've got a sticker and a magnet. Cause nice, because I, I didn't see it on the website yet. Maybe I overlooked it, but I definitely got to have them too. Yeah, it may not be on the website yet. They're pretty new. Um, I hear you. This year is kind of our 60th 
this year, it's like from here and last year, this year, and like the next year kind of when fame was being formed. So it's it all melds into our 60-year anniversary. So that, those are pretty yeah. new. That's wild. And then I've seen pictures and like watching the documentary and everything from the past when it was nothing there but that uh, that recording studio and like a water tower and a bunch of fields. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's so wild to think about now because there's a there's a Domino's like five feet away. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like but, uh, the, the, the town kind of grew up around it. <laughs> yeah, uh, one more question, brother, and I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, of course. The, um, now you you I'm sure you know him or have heard of him, but the comedian singer songwriter Ray Stevens. Yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah, I, I I've always wanted. I've never been able to have everybody answer the question, but. He mentions in his book he did some some work for your grandfather. Are you aware of that, or, or can you uh, can you uh, say that's factual or not? Because I've always been kind of curious. You know, to be completely honest with you, I'm not sure. There's okay. some people that that worked with people that I have I have no clue if it, if there's some people that say they did and didn't, and there's some people that actually did, and you know, yeah. because of some of his reputation, they may be like, well. I don't know, but there was also an interview where he said that uh, he worked with he worked. I think I remember an interview of him saying that he worked with Ray Stevens. So I'm pretty sure that that's factual. But I, you know, that yeah, I'm not for sure. I just knew he was from the area, and he's he's known for like you know more of the comedy stuff. And I just thought that was interesting if he was there on the ground floor, you know, doing some sessions for him. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very possible. You know, he did uh, a whole album with Jay Reed and the whole time. Dad always told me that. Dad actually got to meet Jay Reed, and he said that that guy could just look at you and make you laugh. So that's yeah. always somebody I wish I had met. When I was a young guy about your age, I was a uh, I was an assistant bar back bartender slash uh, server at Old Charlie's in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Reed would come in there, and that's where he'd come to escape. It had him his own special booth in an area where they didn't sit too many people. Yeah, and it, it was the same way. If you were to go up there to deliver something to him, some food or something, you would guarantee he was going to say something that would just tickle you. He was, he was, he was a life force. He was a cool guy. Oh yeah, that's that's always someone I wish I had met. But that's that's pretty cool that he just kind of went up there and had his own little spot. <laughs> well, it it you know it was Brentwood. Like a lot of the a lot of the guys, like I, you know, it's before mine in your time. But like Eddie Arnold, a lot of your classic crooners would come there. You know, they give them the respect. You know, they just wanted to eat and kind of be, you know, their own people. So they just kind of shove them off in there, and you know, nobody bothered them. It was a perfect little spot up there at the top corner. So I mean, it was it was ideal for people like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, actually where I got to meet the Titan Steve McNair. Uh, the one time I got to encounter with him, you know, God rest his soul. But he was a nice fellow as well. Oh, really? That's that's pretty cool. So I guess you got to meet a, a few big names. Yeah, because, you know, huh? that, that, that's kind of like the hot spot where everybody kind of resides. It's between Nashville and wherever else, and, you know, a lot of people live out there. But, yeah, it's a fun experience. Country music great Daryl Worley's on the Uncharted podcast this week. He has a chat with me and Brandon Skelton about his new Rewind tour, his greatest hits album, and a whole lot more. That's coming up right now. Daryl Worley's on the podcast, probably pound for pound, my greatest, uh, my favorite country music singer in the world, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us, uh, and I'm glad you're still out there doing your thing. Man, that's a, that's an honor. I, I appreciate you saying that very much, and, and I'm glad to be on here talking with you, and I'll tell you, these days, I'm glad I'm glad I'm still out there doing my thing, too, because uh, it's, it's a pretty tough 
tough uh, profession right now with all this virus stuff. But hey, man, we're we're paying the bills. So I hear that, and that's and that's what I got excited for is that I saw the Country Rewind tour. Saw you, you know, you're kind of out and about with Brian White, and uh, who else is out there with you? Wade Hayes. Wade Hayes, and uh, just I, I know people are just thrilled to get to hear some live music again, and and wanted to hear how you felt about touring and kind of interacting with folks and how that's going so far. Man, I, you know, I guess to be honest with you, I, I'm probably would have never slowed down myself, uh, but it's just been one of those times and uh, very unprecedented. Um, I'm so excited, I I don't even know how to act just <laughs> to have a place to to go and do what I do and you know share the hits and and some new stuff with people it's just been uh last weekend was our first trip out and it was absolutely incredible we had two dates down in Florida and uh it's just it's great I can tell that people are hungry for a little entertainment and just get out of the house which I totally understand and so uh I can't say enough good about it and and I'm I'm just hoping that you know we don't go backwards uh I hope we can continue to to move forward with this thing because uh, I just feel like people really need it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I can check your Instagram and watch you, you know, sing and everything all day long, but nothing beats sitting there and taking it all in at full volume. <laughs> You'll have to come out and see this little uh, tour that we're doing because it's 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 being well received and uh, it's a whole lot of you know good music from a, a earlier little earlier day and time and. Uh, even though I I'm, I was the last one of these guys out, I'm I'm the oldest, and um, and it's just fun because my music even in 2000 was more like what you would have heard in the you know early to mid 90s. So um, it's been it's been fun. It's been exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, you, you're playing real country. I mean, I know you're a humble guy, but you, you're playing when it actually makes sense, and you don't know you know people nowadays don't know what's going on, but. You know, uh, we cling to that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you over to Brandon. He has something to tell you. Hey, Daryl. Um, I remember hey, back, back in, I guess, 2000, 2001, um, I was working at a restaurant in Waynesboro called Emeralds, and they told me, they said, Daryl Worley is out there. And I was, I was like, you're saying, why don't you go say something to him? Of course, I was like, what I say to a country music star that I <laughs> listen to? And so, you know, I guess back then I thought, well, I'll just wait 20 years, and then I'll interview him when I have something else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you might have forgot what was on your mind back then. You should have went ahead and said, did, did you did you not did you not come out? Because I I actually ate over there uh, quite a bit during uh, those times, and uh, a few times people did come out and you know just say hello, and um, and and it never bothers me, man. I I'm so thankful. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I'm just the opposite of most people. I, I ask guys all the time. They're like, you know, we'll be out somewhere and they'll go, oh, no. If I'm with other artists, they'll, they'll be like, oh, no, we've been recognized. And I'm like, yeah, you and your record label spent 2 or $3 million trying to make yourself a household name. And now you're going to get ticked off because somebody recognizes you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Something well, ain't right you. about that. Yeah, well, you look like you're enjoying your meal, so I didn't want to come busting up and fanboy on you. So I'm glad to get a chance to speak with you now. But uh, yeah, and actually, uh, a neat little thing that's happened since then. I was a teacher for a while, and um, Wynn Barber, <laughs> who wrote your song "Have You Forgotten," 
Uh, well, we well, hang on just a second. Oh. <laughs> I know he surely he didn't tell you that because we wrote that together. Oh, oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted to take credit for stuff he shouldn't have done. I should have known he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I give him a hard time because on I think it's Wikipedia page it says like the biggest uh, he's the biggest star in Hampshire, Tennessee, which is a community about three hundred people. Oh, I know Hampshire well. <laughs> <laughs> And and hey, that what, for, finally Wikipedia got it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it was it was kind of neat, you know, when we found out about that and and uh, that he you know co-wrote that song with you. And I'll be sure next time <laughs> see that uh, that you pointed that out. Y'all worked on that one together. Um, but the neat thing even today, I was talking to I manage a, uh, the Planet Fitness here in Columbia, and I was talking to a gentleman, told him that we were going to be speaking with you. And he just wanted to uh, thank you. He he was in Iraq when he went over there and did some shows for them. Oh, wow. And just wanted to say, uh, hey, well, be sure to thank him. That meant a lot to all those guys that someone to take the time to come over and uh, provide some entertainment. Definitely encouraging for them. I tell you what, man, that is probably, uh, of all of the things that I've had the opportunity to do and um, that this, you know, career has afforded me, I, uh, and a lot of people, I guess, think I'm crazy, but I, I can't begin to tell you how that has been such a, a, a bright light in my life to, to have the opportunity to go. And, and I mean, we went lots of times and entertained those guys and gals. And, uh, you know, I see them back here on the home front. It's, so, it's such a uh, um, an amazing thing I, to, to see them here safe and sound. And uh, unfortunately, you know, not all of them got to come back uh and it, it's just uh i don't know you you never know what you know a little music might might afford you but but those those are things that money cannot buy and uh it's just it was just amazing and i always told those guys that you know when you see me back home holler at me and i'll buy you a beer and most of them make me live up to that savannah's not a dry county is it or in the dry county no, no, it used to be. Of course, it was. They used to call it a dry county. It was never dry. They just, mm. they just didn't know what holler it was coming out of. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I was going to ask you because actually, I, I used to be a minister over in the Savannah area, and I've just always been curious. The the cancer center there is named after you. What, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of the story about how that came to be. Well, uh, in two thousand. One or two, we started the Daryl Worley Foundation, and uh, um, we did a whole lot of different things early on. We It was mainly uh, a foundation to help people who had just, uh, you know, come up on really hard times, and, and maybe their insurance had faltered, or who, who maybe they didn't have any insurance. Anyway, it was just places for people uh, that were really struggling to turn to that, that, that just, just didn't have any other place to turn, and... Uh, so we started piling up some money with all of our different, you know, fundraising efforts. And and uh, one of my management team people came to me and said, you know, if you could do something, you know, really big that with your foundation that, uh, you know, it's just real pa- passion to your heart, what, what would what would that be? And we started discussing different stuff, but I told them, you know, that, that my family had been riddled with cancer. And that I would, uh, you know, anything that had to do with that would be 
huge and and uh, and we started discussing how this area even though it's you know reasonably unpopulated is is very very high cancer rate and uh and and I you know I told them how my grandfather's had to travel so far to take chemo or whatever treatments they you know and I, I just lived through all that stuff and watched the uh, watched them suffer and so we we just with all of our heads together we we came up with the idea of maybe putting a cancer treatment center here and uh it was a little bit a little bit more of a challenge than what we originally thought it might be but uh they said we'd never pay for it and all this stuff like that but uh i i want to say we paid for it in less than 3 years and it was a over it was close to a three and a half four million dollar project but but yeah we we uh, not just the foundation but the community as well you know there's there's just when you go into a a place like this and and uh, like i said with the, with the high occurrence of cancer almost every family in the in the place has been affected by it so lots of people came out of the woodwork and made donations but we just sort of spearheaded the whole thing and and committed you know to raise a certain amount of money a year to 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 uh, help pay it off and um it all came to fruition and and man we've been in the cancer treatment business for a lot of years uh we've saved a lot of lives we've we've made people a lot more comfortable than what they would have been it's saved them having to travel to memphis or jackson or nashville you know they stay right at home and uh it's just been a huge blessing to myself and, and our whole community and to a lot of my family members i mean you know that stuff's definitely a a genetic thing and uh, and and we've had our share to deal with and uh, it's just been a real blessing so that's kind of where all that came from that's, that's amazing and awesome uh, what a great story and i didn't realize you had that that kind of thing going in your family but uh, you know god bless you for keeping on keeping on and that's just fantastic you got something like that going out there i wasn't even aware that brandon mentioned it and thanks for bringing that up brandon I was, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious, man. I know I'm not supposed to be asking the questions, but what, uh, what, what church locally were you part of, and 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 what denomination or what ministry uh, path have you taken? Okay, uh, well, I I'd been pastoring in Waynesboro uh, for a couple of years. Actually, I got voted in there to pastor the church I grew up when I was 23, and I did that for a few years. Um, and after we resigned from there, we were going to be coming up to the Murray County area to start a church, but we had a couple years in between. Uh, so I assisted at New Life United Pentecostal Church, um, and a the gentleman there, uh, you may have met him. He was pastor there for about 40 years. His name was Gerald Davis. Oh, and, I've, <laughs> I've known those people all my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. awesome, man. I, yeah. uh, I, 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 heck, I probably ran across you down here and didn't even realize it, but. <laughs> But uh, um, more power to you. That's a that's a, my daddy was a pastor, and that is uh, definitely an honorable field. But it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Well, I, I just come to work at the gym so I can unwind from the pastor work. So uh, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, all right, back to Josh. I was going to tell you, um, you you've been doing charity for a while. Uh, I was going to tell you a story. First of all, I did a little fanning on you back in 2001 or two or three. I interned at KDF. I don't know what they call it now. 
that you were doing the beach parties. Uh, Hell yeah. So, yeah. And uh, matter of fact, you took a picture with me, and you were so nice to me that I submitted it to Country Weekly. This was right before the internet took off, and they posted it. I was so proud of that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> there, yeah, there's you, big and tall, and me, short and stubby, and we were quite a pair. But anyway, um, that I, that was that was hard to pull off back then. I know I, a lot of people, you know, would would try to get that to happen, and it wasn't wasn't the easiest thing in the world to get a photo in there. So you you did good. It was well. I, I wrote a pretty nice piece, if I do say so myself, telling them how you know nice and accommodating you were. And anyway, you played. You of course you've got a ton of songs that I'll say are, are close to my favorite. But these next two I'm going to talk about. First of all, I I asked you specifically to play Second Wind. I kind of blurted it out like I was crazy. I mean, I was 21 at the time, <laughs> and and you of course obliged. And you told me. <laughs> Funny story about how I guess when you go to play it, one of your fingers uh, something goes on with it. I couldn't remember the whole story, but I was wondering if you remember. Or do you still tell that story? Oh, absolutely. So, so it's kind of a, it's a, um, I guess it's an augmented G chord of some kind, and and uh, the way that you have to make that chord, it, it kind of the, the the middle finger on my my left hand, uh, I. I got that finger shot, the tip of that finger shot off when I was going, uh, let's see, from my junior to senior year in high school. Uh, it was just a crazy accident, but uh, it got the, it got shot off with a with a twenty two rifle, and so it's uh, it's boogered up on the end, you know, and it, it, it actually took part of the bone uh, off the end, and and so it's not as easy to make certain chords as it used to be because it's almost like you don't have a uh, so I have to play regularly and keep that callus built up on that fingertip because if I don't, it, it gets kind of squishy on the end, and it, when I go to make that chord, it'll mash down on two or three strings at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it ain't everybody that gets gets shot and messes up their guitar picking hand, but I, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I remember you, you shared that, and I remember it had something to do with a finger, but like I said, I'm I'm an old man now, and I can't even remember past last Saturday, so. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, and a, a, another another tale I've got to share with you, I was on that show, The Singing Bee, you know, on CMT, where people sing. Oh, absolutely. Music. Okay. <laughs> Bobby Tomerlin was on there, of course. Sure. He co-penned, uh, my favorite song of his is, you know, Good Day to Run. <laughs> and we're we're not allowed to talk to him, but I hunted him down a few years later when I hosted a little radio show here in Columbia, and had him come on the on the station, and uh, you know I talked to him about that, and he told me another funny story about that when y'all co-wrote it, as, as pertaining to the name of it. You'd been watching Die Hard or something. I wanted to know if that's factual. Oh, it's all factual for sure. Uh, yeah, do you remember what you wanted to call it? I don't know. He said you said you wanted to call it a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. I think a good day to die is actually the title that I had written down in my uh, uh, in my song title book, and uh, we decided that that might not be the the first thing uh, that they'd want to release. So we uh, it was a beautiful <laughs> spring day, and and the, and we had the windows up in that in that writer's room and. Um, we wound up. Uh, I, I said something about it. you want to make a run to the murder mart and get a, a you know get a sandwich and a drink and come back and work on this thing and and he said he said maybe that's maybe that's it a good day to run and yeah, I yeah. thought well yeah because uh, 
where I grew up, you know, everything used to be about making a run, like like when uh, that's how Tennessee River Run came about. So yeah, <clears throat> sure. But uh, when he told me that story about Good Day to Die, it was so funny. I just it just <laughs> me. it always stuck with me. And Bobby's such a great guy, and and uh, you know just a true talent. And thanks to him, I actually got to meet Phil Everly before he passed away. If you can believe that. Here oh wow, no, I do believe it. Bobby gets you in to meet anybody. Yeah, he he. Uh, they don't let you touch Hank Williams' uh, vehicle at the museum, and because of him, I got to put my index finger on it. There you go. <laughs> but that's uh, right, man, I know that's true because I've I got to touch it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing about that car is that Hank Williams Jr. drove it to school here in Nashville. Did you know yep. that? Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. His daddy died in the back of it, but hey, stranger things have happened. You uh, and I know you remember this. Do you, do you remember? Okay, of course you shot uh. Awful beautiful life here in Columbia. Do you remember the name of the bar you were at? It had a crazy name. Uh, you're, I know what it about, is. You're, you're thinking about a different song. It, it must have been. Oh, uh, sounds, sounds like life. Sounds like life. Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I man, I can almost see the sign on that building. You know. Uh, the, uh, it was the, the, the muddy beaver. <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly right. You know, Carrie Collins was the bartender in the video. Yeah, and Jamie Johnson, and there was a whole slew of Yeah, Jamie was that. in there, and Kendall yeah. Johnson, the guy that built my bike. Uh, that yeah. bike I was riding in that video, he he built that. <laughs> so yeah, it was a all star cast. Yeah, the only thing hey, and that guy had that guy that uh, that played, you know, Johnny Ray in the video, he went on to, to land a really uh, significant role in the, the what is that, the uh, Walking Dead or whatever. Uh, really? The, the, you know, the series that was so huge about the zombies and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah he Dead. he got a big part in that, in that deal. That's cool. I, yeah, I did not realize that. I just remember seeing that video and thinking, man, here I was right up the road, probably twiddling my thumbs, and I could have been in there drinking with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we sure had a great one. time. That was a fun video day. Yeah, it was. It was a great video. It was perfect. But I just remember, I was like, of all places, here they are at the Muddy Beaver doing this. So. <laughs> the Muddy but, Beaver. Uh, yeah. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you, and I'll give you back to Brandon. Uh, <clears throat> but you recorded at Fame Studios, which is one of my favorite places on earth. What What all did you do while you were at Fame? Man, I that was just really my first gig in the in the business. You know, I was there as a staff writer. Uh, for Rick Hall's publishing company, and um, basically did you know five years? I I called it the, the the school of songwriting and demo production. It was it was just my first real uh, real life experience with with that kind of um, stuff, you know. And 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 it's hard it's hard when you're first getting started if you just don't know anything about how all that process goes down. And and you know you need you need to have some production skills and things like that and i didn't have any but uh but those guys were so great to me down there and a lot of people took me under their wing and 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 just um you know so i think about walt aldridge and martin armore and oh yeah and uh, i just i could just name uh mickey buckins and and you know the hall boys and rick and miss linda uh janna malone it just the, the list just goes on and on the people that that uh i guess they saw something in me and and uh, and they were just good folks i mean and um and so i i mean it's crazy i've come i guess you'd say i've come full circle now cuz cuz uh, i'm back down there doing all my recording and stuff i don't 
I don't always record it fame. I, I know guys all over that place and uh Billy Billy uh Lawson and I are very close and he he kind of helped me co produce the last project and I do most of my recording there at his place at Wishbone and uh uh but I'm back in the shows and man is it ever free and easy. I mean, it's just a whole different atmosphere and to chill out down there and, and do that is, is absolutely after all this time, it's a dream come true. So uh, you, you can't beat Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Yeah, it's a magical place. I hope to move there here sooner than later. I I, I try to go down there about once a month and, and take all the tours. But yeah, it's it's kind of like a little you know uh, Nashville as far as like there's little studios everywhere. They got the Nut House, Avalons out there. There's something good to be offered everywhere you go. Yeah, and it's it's just a different vibe too. I mean, for me, Nashville always had that. There's some 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 uh, bean counter looking over your shoulder, so you know, be careful with what you, how long you spend on this or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! Uh, and you go down there and and cut a session that lasts too long, and you're expecting, you know, everybody to be throwing the book at you, and everybody's like, well, it don't it don't matter, whatever, just pay me for whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I've got a a question. Beyond just music, I was I was looking at some of your bio, and I was a teacher for 12 years uh, as well. And I, you know, I always said the last group of students I had were very generous. They didn't give me coffee mugs; they gave me high blood pressure. So I looked at other career <laughs> options. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they sent me to seventh grade, and that's when I was like, "That's that's my sign from the Lord. It's time to step on." But <laughs> I taught school for a year. Yeah, that's what I, I'd seen that you was a teacher. I was just kind of curious uh, as far as what subject and, and age level that you worked with when you was teaching. I guess that was when you was kind of beginning in a music career too, and doing doing music on weekends and, and nights. Or yeah, it's just really uh, yeah. I, my background in college is in biology and chemistry. I was going to go to med school, and uh, I took a, a year off after I finished the, the undergrad stuff and. I was just burnt out, and I told my dad, I said, I'm, I'm just going to chill for a year and do something different, and I taught school that year, and, and uh, like you said, I was <laughs> I was, I was weekend warrior. I had a band, and we were playing out and uh, just having a ball, but I was really, really writing a lot of songs at that time. Uh, it's funny. I just had gotten to where I could play guitar again after having my finger shot off, and uh, uh, it was just a it was just a really productive year man i i uh i think i spent part of the following year in louisiana working in the chemical industry i only taught school for one year but it was real quick that i i turned that whole uh songwriting thing into something that could help me pay the bills and then my next uh little trip was off to nashville and that's when i got the the big deal at emi and uh, wound up you know, this guy's helped me get the record contract and just all that stuff. But um, fame was, was definitely a, a great place to get started. And, um, you know, you just never know. When I was teaching school, I, I, I just remember thinking, yeah, well, I ain't going to do this for the rest of my life. But, you know, it was definitely uh, a good little transition at the time. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hanging out with the kids and they were they were definitely a challenge around here. I, I, to I taught uh, I taught freshmen, and I had one eighth grade class, uh, and it was earth science in that class. And then the the 
the ninth graders I taught uh, general science. So, okay, was you a was you a teacher in West Tennessee? <laughs> my first like long term job I had was five years in Scotts Hill. Uh, was you teaching in West Tennessee? Or? Teaching right right here in Savannah, in Hardin County. Oh, okay, awesome, awesome. That's good. Yep. <laughs> and, and what moment, uh, whether you're teaching or otherwise, did you realize that you were not going to be able to go to Walmart anymore without getting stopped or recognized? <laughs> Man, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I still go to Walmart. You know, my wife hates it around here because she's like, no, you're not going in there with us because we'll never get out of there. But, uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just one of those people. I don't. I don't have a problem with just, you know, hanging out and chatting with folks. And she's like, Daryl, we'll never get home. And <laughs> well, now, oh, it, now, surely, though, she, she's willing to go to Haggy's and have some catfish in, in spite of all the fans stopping by to say She's hello. all about that. Oh, <laughs> just my father-in-law. My father-in-law lives in Mississippi, and that's a halfway point. So we met him there a couple of weeks ago to have some catfish on a Sunday to celebrate his birthday. Yeah, she's all about Haggy's Catfish Hotel. She, she, uh, she'll put up with some fans for that. <laughs> I hear you. Well, hey, Daryl, thank you. You've made our day, and I want to let you know just, just from not just a fan uh, perspective, well, actually a fan, but I really appreciate you, you praying on Instagram because I've been known to bow my head and pray right along with you, and, I, and it really means a lot. Some of us need to hear it, so keep on the good work. Well, man, I really appreciate that. You know, that's that's kind of a – a thing that I've had mostly positive feedback and comments. You know, some people, some people don't seem to understand what I'm doing, and I, but I tell you, I just think it's a time in our country where, um, you know, I said to a guy on a phone call one day, I said, "Well, you might as well get used to this because there's nothing we can do about it." And as soon as I got off the phone, I thought, "Man, how stupid is that?" I thought we can. We can certainly pray about it, and that's probably the most powerful weapon we have when it comes to, you know, uh, to, to fight evil and darkness. And that's that's what I think a lot of this is. So uh, I just I decided to to be proactive, and uh, and a lot of people I, we've gotten tons of really positive feedback. So I appreciate you saying that. It's a uh, what I can say about it is I'm I'm no silver tongued devil. I don't I don't always say things exactly right, but but it's honest and it's real and uh and and we just want the best for people and and especially for this nation man it's it means so much to me i'm a I'm a huge patriot and uh and I'm a Christian and I'm certainly not ashamed of that so that 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 means a lot man you you get right in there with me because we need it it takes a it takes an army you know uh we gotta all be doing it, and that's the whole thing uh i I think back when I first started that I talked about second chronicles and you know what God says about uh, if you'll if you'll turn from the the evil ways and and just get on your knees and and repent and and, and ask forgiveness and, and pray to me in heaven, I'll hear your prayers and heal your land. And, and man, I think we need it. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, uh, what you're saying, like I said, and even though it, it's not, it don't have to be perfect, but it's genuine. And nine times out of ten, if I'm praying in a group, I'll, I'll say something silently in my head anyway. So it's just it's kind of like gathering for church. You know, I work for Brandon here at Planet Fitness, so every time he's in contact with me, he's having to cast some kind of demon out of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I can relate to that. And that wraps up another episode of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Thanks to my awesome guests, Jackson Hall 
and Daryl Worley, guest co-host Brandon Skelton, and most importantly, you the listener. Thank you so much, because without you, this would be pointless. If you know anybody you think would be a great guest, or you want to ask me a question, hit me up, Belcher at hotmail.com. Now I want you to have a great, super fun-filled, fantastic, positive week. And we will catch you on the flippity flip. You remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in life. All right, until next time, bon voyage.